right, if I can find this thing, I'll turn it on. I don't have a pocket, so we're going to clear down inside. Okay, we're going to have a good time tonight. I don't know about you, but I'm going to. I can't wait to get to that wedding. I was so proud of myself. Got my message together. Normally, I got four or five pages. I had two pages. I said, man, this wedding is going to go off without a hitch. We're going to be there in plenty of time. Then I realized it was 11 font. (laughs) We're back to four pages. (laughs) But we we got a lot to do, so we're just going to get into it. I hope I can get done a little bit early. That way we can get started with that. I'm anxious to to be a part of that. What a blessing it is. How does Walmart and God differ? I've had people coming up to me and say, well, you can't wear pajamas to church. Well, that's good, but that's not it. (laughs) All different kinds of stuff people have been coming up with. Let me just give you this illustration. You've heard it before. I I guarantee, I think Brother Joel has given the illustration, but it's good to repeat because it's going to get us started out on the right foot. Uh, There was a young fellow that went around town and he was slandering the local pastor. And he felt guilty at one point and he came to the pastor and and said, uh, you know, I want you to forgive me. I've been, you know, saying bad things about you. But uh, the pastor realized this guy just really didn't understand the, the gravity of the situation and what he was, uh, the damage he'd caused. So he said, okay, I'll forgive you under one condition. He said, I want you to go home. I want you to get you a feather pillow. And he said, I want you to go out and cut that thing up and throw, just throw the feathers into the wind. And, and he did that. He said, man, I'm getting off easy. That's pretty good. So he threw them all up in the air, and they're blowing everywhere and in the next county and whatever. And he comes back, and he said, okay, am I forgiven? Preacher said, just one more thing. Go pick them up. <laughs> because the damage you have done, you can never go back and undo it. Say, so what's this have to do with Walmart? You you can you can use tools. You can you can eat half their food. You can do all that, and all you got to do is go take it back, and they'll give you your money back, put it back on your credit card, do whatever. With God and the things of God, you can't take it back. It won't work. God doesn't work that way. And we're in a society today uh, of many, especially young people, but even, even up in, in, in the older ages, uh, we think we can have a do-over. Uh, we think we can get a mulligan, the golf players out there. How many golf players we got? Bless you. <laughs> I used to. <laughs> no, not anymore. In rodeos, we call it a re-ride. They'll get, let you get back on and go, go for another bull or go for another horse if, if something wasn't just, just right. There's no re-rides with God. There's no mulligan with God. And 
when this really hit me was over in, in Soroti, over in Africa, and this guy was a, a nuclear scientist that had gotten saved, and, and he was teaching in a, uh, a college. He was the dean of the, the science department at this college, and he come over to visit and saw what God was doing. He went back and resigned and come back over to work as a missionary. He gave up six-figure income for uh, to come over and be a missionary. And that's great, but the guy didn't have a brain in his head. Now, he was brilliant, but he didn't have common sense one. And so he's, he's trying to give the Africans attention. Now, I had just built this beautiful table, you know, like communion table type stuff. And, and, and boy, I mean, we'd worked on that thing, and it was nice, brand new. I think it had only been in the, in the church house one, maybe one week. So Kyle's going to teach them a lesson. And I'm just sitting out there. I'm just listening. All of a sudden, Kyle gets a hammer. And he gets a nail. And he's walking around, and he's kind of preaching and everything. And he walks over my brand new table. And he takes that nail and that hammer and he goes, boom! And that old nail's sticking right up there. I must have turned white as a sheet. I just wanted to kill him. That was all. I just. And he pulls that nail out and he said, now see, you come back here next week and that hole's still going to be there. It'll never heal. Now, you can still use the table, but, and he was getting his point across. I still wanted to kill him. <laughs> you take a diamond. We have that, that uh, diamond illustration there. You, you take a diamond, and if you, studying diamonds is kind of interesting. You take that nice diamond, and they can cut it down, and, and boy, they make a big, beautiful diamond there. Very valuable. But the cutter has to be really good. Sometimes it takes them 20 years just to where they get to where they'll cut them loose and become a, a master cutter. They can mess up. They can hit that thing wrong. And it'll just, and boy. Now, it's not all for naught. Because the other part of that, that diamond that's left in the middle, you can cut it down. Ladies, if you, if you bust your diamond, and that, that happens quite often. Ladies will smack it down on, the, on the, their in their kitchen, what is it, marble top or something like this, and it'll shatter. So don't be slamming it down for your husband to get his attention, okay? But you can still recut it. Now, it's less valuable. It's not near as big like in the, in the picture there. But it can be used. But it'll never be what it was intended to be. The prodigal son. If you think about the prodigal son, he, he got his inheritance. He didn't deserve it. Didn't have to, wasn't able to get his inheritance until till his dad died. 
But he demanded his inheritance. Dad gave it to him. He went out and went off and, and spent it, he says, in riotous living. He was running around with, with the women and the bars and all this, that, and the other. And, and finally, he wasted all his money and ends up in the hog pen. The wasted lives, the wasted money, the wasted time. What do you think the relationship between him and his daddy was? The relationship between him and his brothers and the, and the workers on their, their farm. The, those people in the community. What, what relationship did he have? It was little or nothing. All for that short period of time that he could have fun. He could have a good time. You can't get that back. He come back to his dad and he said, I'm sorry. Now that, that's good, but all that other is still lost, even though dad forgave him. Just like that diamond, he's lost all of that. It, 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 it's not going to be recovered. Just like Walmart, you can't take it back. And I want to show you out of a passage of Scripture in Matthew chapter 27, as we look at this, uh, thinking about, you know, kids, they'll say, you take that back. <laughs> you can take it back. I remember my, my former pastor, or he had been my pastor before, and I had great confidence in him. And when God called me to go to Africa, I was wanting to get some counsel from him. And of all the pastors and everybody that was totally on board, he, he looked at me one day and he, he, just, he just said, you are unstable, and turned around and walked away. Now, 20-some years later, he hugged my neck and was weeping and saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. You know, I forgave him. I forgave him years before. But you know, I still hear those words. See, you can't take it back. You can say, I'm sorry, and God will forgive you. Just like the father forgave the prodigal son. Just like this preacher forgave this, this gossip. But what's done, you can't take it back. No matter how hard you try. In Matthew 27... Let's look in verse number, number three. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the piece of, pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, It is not lawful for, for, for to put them into the treasury because it is the price of blood. And they took counsel and brought with them the pot, or bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in, wherefore the field is called the field of blood unto this day. Interesting story. 
there's a lot of things you can learn about that, but you can learn something from Judas. Judas wanted everything to be like Walmart. Judas, when he messed up, he just wanted to take it back and everything be all right. But my first point tonight, uh uh-oh, now you can write that down, that's profound. Uh Uh-oh, I had to look up how to spell it, but some people might say, oops. (laughs) Never want to be in a dentist chair and hear them say, oops. What What did Judas say? He said it went too far. What he had in mind was not what was transpiring here. He said, I, I, I thought Jesus would, would maybe do a miracle. Like when the, he was addressing the multitudes, the mob there, and, and, and they were going to take him out and stone him to death. And he just simply walked right through them. That's almost impossible in a mob. If you ever been in a mob, I mean, really an angry mob. It is, it is, there ain't no way he can get out of there. He said he walked right through the center of them, just right on out. Could have been thinking, well, he'll perform a miracle kind of like he did when he went to the temple and he just made a little cord and, and, and he drove the money changers out. And he upset their tables and he let, the, let the, the animals and stuff like that and the birds loose. One man and all these people, I mean, you don't need, that don't even happen on Delta. Somebody's going to step in. He might have been thinking about, well, Jesus, when he, when he needed something, he just, uh, you know, he just sent Peter down and said, you just pull this fish out and, and the, the taxes will be there. Wouldn't you like that? So Judas is thinking, no doubt, that he's going to do something But that's not what happened. They came. They addressed him even though he spoke. He said, I am he. And they all fell down by the power of God. And they still got back up and arrested him and took him before Pilate. And now they're ready to crucify him. Judas says, I take it back. Look what, look what he says. It said, when he had saw that he was condemned, repented himself, and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I've sinned, and that I've betrayed innocent blood. He said, look, I take it back. I didn't realize it was going to go this far. Said he repented himself. I hear people say, well, then he got saved. No, no. He repented himself. Notice the next two words there. He said, I have sinned in that. He's not repenting of salvation or for salvation. He, he just realized he's messed up. He's gone too far. I, I kind of messed up, folks. Well, well, I made a mistake. I have people when I'm leading them to the Lord. And they say, well, I've made a mistake. I said, it's not a mistake. Your sin is sending you to hell. Well, I'm not that bad. I just made a mistake. No, no. It's it's worse than just making a mistake. And that's all he's thinking. I just made a mistake. 
this thing's gone a little bit too far. Let's just forget it and get it get, and just just leave it alone. Let's go. Here's your money back. Let's go back to the start. Let's take it back to Walmart and start over. It may be money. People get involved in embezzlement. Well, I was going to pay it back. They'll, they'll borrow money from their family and, and without the family knowing it or something, or they'll, they'll borrow money from, from their business and, and, and they'll say, well, I have intention to pay it back if this goes through and that don't usually go through. You, we do it with God. Uh, well, God, I need that tithe money this month. I'll go ahead and double up next time and, and that don't end up happening. We embezzle. Listen, you can't take it back. God's not Walmart. He don't work that way. Might be drinking, drugs. People get involved and they're having parties and the, and the party goes too far. And somebody gets a little too drunk and, they, and they'll go ahead and, and, and pull a knife on somebody or pull a gun on somebody or they'll get behind the wheel and they'll drive down the road and, and they're swerving all over and, and end up killing somebody. It just, it just went too far. I'm sorry. You, you can't take that back. I don't know how many of you know the folks that were killed in that Christian school down there in, in, in Texas that the kids that were, were murdered, many of those parents took up an offering and helped bury that girl that killed them because her parents didn't have enough money. Boy, that's Christian. That's, that's Christian. Could be relationships. Might be fornication. Might be adultery. Somebody's just having their fling and somebody comes up pregnant. It's too late. You can't take it back. You say, well, uh, then we'll get an abortion. That's murder. You can't take it back. My people over in Africa, I preach the same thing to them. They'll go out there and they'll have a fling and they'll come back. And I've had the guy stand there and said, and just weeping. And he said, I've got AIDS now. I'm dying. You can't take it back. We have this idea we can go ahead and sin and we'll just ask God to forgive us later. Well, he'll forgive you. But the consequences... You can't take it back. God's not Walmart. And he doesn't act in that way. You can say you're sorry. And no doubt they are. But you can't take it back. Gossip. Twisting. Justifying. Hurting. Trying to hurt people. Putting somebody down so you makes you look good. I, I I know I know preachers that have that their entire ministry has been destroyed 
by people making false accusations just to hurt them because they didn't get their way. It come out later that it was phony, that they were innocent. Too late. You can't go out to all the people in that community and try to tell them it was phony. They already in their minds have, have listened to it and their, their, it, their ministry is destroyed. Where are they going to go? Somebody's going to call them up to the next town and say, hey, you know about this guy. And I've watched missionaries and I've watched pastors, their lives totally destroyed by gossip. And then they can come back later and say, well, I'm sorry. You can't take it back. Hateful words to parents, to authorities, to friends. You cannot take it back. I've said hurtful, hateful things. I wish I could take them back. But it's too late. They already came out of my mouth. So now what do I do? That's the second point. This is, see, this is real profound stuff here. Uh-oh. Now what do I do? True repentance will lead you to go to the person to make it right. Notice I said you'll go to the person, the one you've offended, to make it right. Uh, he hadn't offended the priests. He offended the Lord Jesus Christ. He sinned against him. And that's who he should have went to. False repentance tries to hide, tries to cover up the thing that they've done or figure a way out of it. You'll have people come up later and say, well, I, did, I didn't mean what I say. Then, yes, you did. You did. You said it. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You really did mean it. You didn't get your way. You got mad. And what was already in here came out. And you can't take it back. I, a lot of people that work, they'll, they'll say, they'll cuss a blue streak and then they'll turn to you because they know you love God and they'll say, excuse my French. Parlez-vous Francais? <laughs> what are they saying? I want, I want a, a do-over. I want a mulligan. I want to take it back. You can't? It's already said. We cannot undo it. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. The sorrow of the world worketh death. What, what happened? What happened to, to, to Judas? Uh, it didn't bring him joy when he supposedly repented. It brought death because he wasn't sorry for his sin. He was sorry he got caught. And that's what it says there. Notice in verse number three again. 
It said when Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, he saw he was in trouble. Are you sorry that you're a thief or are you sorry that you got caught? Are you sorry you were speeding or are you sorry that the policeman pulled you over? <laughs> I don't know how the policeman can pull anybody over on the way going from here to Atlanta. Nobody drives a speed limit. Me too. <laughs> I mean, I was keeping up with the traffic. I was going 85 and they was blowing me off the road. I'm telling you. That's crazy. Why even have a speed limit? <laughs> Nobody pays any attention to it. He brought it again. Notice. Why did he bring it? He said, I'm going to fix this thing. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to bring it and, and we'll give it back and then everything's okay. I want a mulligan. I want to start over. Nobody's going to know. Not the disciples, not Jesus, just these priests and me that, that worked this thing out. Nobody's going to know. Nobody needs to know. But you can't take it back. And that's what the priest told them. The damage has been done. There's no rewrite to this one. You get bucked off and you stay bucked off. He tried to go back and manipulate the situation so that everything would smooth over. He wasn't sorry for what he'd done. Verse number five. He says, and cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. He said, well, if you won't take it, I'm just going to leave it. It's out of my hand, so I'm clean. That's like Pilate. He went over, washed his hands in the basin, and said, I'm clean of this man's blood. Wait a minute. Who is it to turn him over to the mob? Pilate. Just washing your hands don't absolve you uh, of anything. Just going back and fixing it so certain people don't find out about it don't absolve you of the guilt. You can't take it back. You've got to face the guilt. Sorry doesn't undo damage. You can't get all the feathers back. You might get a few of them, but they're still blowing around there somewhere. Well, I, I tried. I, I, I just I left it there at the temple. They can do what they want. No, no, he's still just as guilty and that's why as he was still eaten up with a guilt, he went out there and hanged himself. Did Judas, was he absolved of anything? No. Just bringing, bringing problems to the temple don't solve anything. You got to bring it to Jesus. You got to come to the one that has been offended. The one that we have sinned against and get that thing right. Judas... Go pick up the feathers. And he couldn't do it. There was the problem there. They, they have different values. Now, now notice the different values that they had. The priests wanted Jesus. They want him killed. Judas, on the other hand, just wanted money. Two different total, different set of values here. But what was valuable to Jesus? 
me and you. That's what was most important. Jesus couldn't care less about that. All the money and all the things and the, and the religion and all the, what they were trying to do to him and everything. The most important thing was us. The salvation of souls. So let me ask you, what's your value system? What would you pay for peace? What would you pay for your happiness or your success? What's your integrity worth? People say everybody's got a price. How far would you go before you'd lie? How far would you go before you would pay that bribe? In Africa, all the time, they'd pull us over, the policemen would pull us over, one They'd say, well, boy, you know, it's time for school fees. <laughs> they want a bribe. You go to the hospital. You know, a doctor would come up to the head of the bed, and he'd say, you know, I, I just I, I need some soap. You say, well, don't the hospital supply soap? No. And the nurses don't take care of you or anything. They bribe you. They, they bargain to get to hook you up to the, to the drip. And the doctor comes to the head of the bed and he says, uh, you know, I need soap. If you pay him, then he'll take care of you. If you don't give him a bribe, he'll walk right on the next bed and let you sit there and die. You folks live in a whole different world than the 90% of this world. You have no idea of what goes on and what people have to go through. All of this stuff. What is it, what is it going to take for you to deny Christ? We won't even go out and witness somebody. We, won't even go out, we don't want them to know we're Christian. We don't, we don't want to go to the restaurant and see it, let them see us pray. We'll drop something on the floor. Well, Father, have pray for this meal. Amen. Okay. Now you don't want to stand up like Pentecostal and say, Dear Jesus, we want you to thank you for this food. I've seen it done. He just wants you to pray for your food. Thank God for it. Listen. Judas was just trying to fix things. He didn't, he didn't care about God. He didn't care about Jesus. He didn't care about repentance. The priests, they didn't care about Judas. They hated Jesus. You say, why do I think they didn't care about Judas? Well, look what he said. He said in verse number four, saying, I have sinned in that they have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, what's that to us? See that to it? We don't care about you. We don't care about the money. We don't need it back. Nothing. It's your problem, son. And the people that are involved in your life, the boy will say anything he can to have that girl. He'll tell you that he loves you. He'll tell you how beautiful you are. And you might have been drugged through a mud fence. But whatever is necessary, that's what he'll say. Your boss will promise you the moon if you will do A, B, C, D. 
break the rules, break the law, not tell anybody that what you've seen, all kinds of stuff. What will it take for you to deny Christ? You can't take it back once it's done. Notice verse 6. This has been, this always interesting to me. And the chief priest took the silver pieces and said, It is not what? What's it say in your Bible? Lawful. lawful. It's not lawful. It is, is crucifying Jesus lawful? <laughs> is, is murdering somebody lawful? Is lying and seeking out false witnesses lawful? They're not worried about the law. They knew they were breaking the law, and they said themselves that it's because it is the price of what? Blood. They had paid for Jesus to be killed. They knew what they was doing was wrong. It was blood money, and that's why they called the field the field of blood. Because it was blood money. They weren't, they weren't concerned about Judas. They weren't concerned about the law. They weren't concerned about God. They wanted their own way. You stop and think of the people... Samson, boy, he made a bet there at his, at his wedding thing. Now, Brother, <laughs> Brother Matthew, don't be betting, okay? <laughs> All right? He lost favor with the wedding party. He lost his wife. He, he lost everything. You, you stop and think. He comes back. He tells Delilah, gets involved with this, this wicked woman and, and ends up telling her his secret. You can't take it back. And he ends up grinding. His eyes put out. And they're poking him and having fun and, and tormenting him. Samson, you can't take it back. You might have been strong at one time, but it's too late now, son. There's consequences to sin. Peter denied Jesus three times after he said, I'll die with you. Peter had to live with that statement all the rest of his life. I believe it haunted him. There's things that I've said and done that have all through these years literally haunt me. Said, oh God, if I hadn't have said that, if I wouldn't have done that. But you can't take it back. Saul, God told him what to do, and he said, kill everybody, don't bring anything back. He brings back the king, he brings back the sheep. He lost his kingdom, he lost his sons, he lost his own life, he lost the respect of the people, he lost it all. His relationship with God, his relationship with Samuel, he lost everything. Jephthah, he says, whoever comes out of my house, I'm going to offer it as a burnt offering. Who walks out? His daughter. Well, who do you think was going to walk out? God says, you make a vow. 
You're going to have to keep it. Moses, can you imagine Moses when he's standing on the, that mountain looking over into Israel? And he says, if I would have just spoke to the rock like God said instead of hitting it. But you can't take it back. God wouldn't let Moses take it back. God wouldn't let David take it back. Over and over, all through the scriptures, you see people that are, that are messing up by things that they say and things that they do. And then at the end, many will say unto me, Lord, Lord, it's too late. They knew who Jesus was. They were calling him Lord. They said it's too late. And once it's too late, you can't take it back. Make the right choices, people. Make the right choices. I want to, I want to read a passage of Scripture, and then we're going to quit and we're going to get married. Amen? <laughs> we still got time. No problem. Hold on. Deuteronomy chapter 30, starting with verse 15, teaches us some tremendous, tremendous lessons. And I think it kind of goes along with what we're talking about. You can't take it back. In Deuteronomy 30 and verse 15, he says, See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. And that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou, thou goest to possess it. What a, what a statement. God said, if we'll just do this, he said, I'll bless you. I'll prosper you. What's the verse, first verse or word in verse 17? But. But if thine heart turn away so that thou will not hear, but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce you this day that ye shall surely perish. And that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whether thou possessest or passest over Jordan to go in to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, that thou mayest cleave unto him. Why? For he is thy life. And the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear to thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. God has promised blessings and God has promised cursings. God says if we will obey him, he will bless us. He says, but if you don't, you can't take it back.
you have to live with your consequences. You have to you have to live with them. You can't take it back. I don't care. I, I, I see people post stuff on Facebook and and Tweety Bird and Instagrams and whatever. I thought it was like graham crackers when they start talking that stuff. I thought that's good. It's not. Was that TikToky? TikTok? What is it? Yeah, that thing. I've never seen it. Never been. But I have, I've checked a few of them out, and it absolutely shocks me what Christians put on there. Let me tell you something. A reporter said something the other day that I thought was quite fitting. He said, you can't take it back. It's on the internet forever. People that have read that that you don't even know. People have seen pictures that you don't even know. But they'll associate you with God. And the things that we say, God help us. We ought to be ashamed. Honestly, there's been times in different ministries and stuff, I was ashamed that they were members of my church. I mean that. I hope nobody knew that they were a member of my church that I was pastoring. Because that, it was totally, what they said was just hateful. Just wicked things that they repost are all but pornography. And yeah, there might have been a funny joke, but that's not what a lot of people see. And all these things, listen to me, you can't take it back. People say, well, I just speak my mind. The Bible says the fool does that. Say, so, well, I, that's just the way I am. Wait a minute. God's here to change you. He's here to change me. What am I saying? We've got to be more careful. Huh? If we're going to reach people for Jesus Christ, if we're going to affect people for Jesus Christ, we've got to realize something. We can't take it back. I don't care which one or what you're on or if you're on or whatever, but you got to be careful about your speech. You got to be careful about your pictures and things like this. Your choices that you make, the finances and the places you go and the friends. The friends. You got to make the right decisions now. And the best decision you could ever make is put Jesus Christ first, number one. First place in your life. And from that point, then, let him dictate what you do, what you say, where you go, 
all these different things. We need to pray. Before we ever put stuff on, on these websites and some of these places, we need to pray earnestly. Is this what God would have me to put on there? Is this, is this really pleasing to the Lord? Would he put that on there? It, it, and if what I'm saying in these conversations with other people, it, it, am I trying to put somebody down just to build myself up? Am I trying to lift them up and encourage them and bring them closer to Christ? Because you can't take it back once you've said it. Oh, you can say, I'm sorry. But that only goes about this far. I'll never forget your song leader when he was a kid. They were sitting there at the table. I've told you before. They were sitting there at the little old table. And his brother, younger brother, was sitting across the little table from him. And Shane <laughs> took a stick. I happened to be just watching him. Shane took a stick. And he looked at his brother across the table. And he said, sorry. <laughs> You're supposed to. And then say sorry. But he... We know what we're doing ahead of time usually. God's not like Walmart. We just can't take it back. I'm just encouraging you tonight to be careful. Be careful. You can bring somebody to Christ or you can turn them the other direction. Let us be people that will bring people, encourage people, entice people to Jesus Christ. And then we don't have to go back and fix it later. We don't have to say, oh my, I hope they didn't catch me. No. Uh, we can rejoice because we brought people to Jesus Christ. Guard your testimony. Guard your testimony. That's the greatest, most powerful tool you have outside of salvation, is your personal testimony. It's not what you think of yourself, it's how other people see you. Father, help us to set our values high. Lord, you said in, the, in your scripture, he is thy life. Lord, you are our life. And I pray, God, that you would do something in our hearts. Strengthen us, encourage us, challenge us, whatever is necessary. Convict us so that we might be more like thee and that we might bring people to you before it's eternally too late. The world's going to hell as fast as it can, Lord. Help us to stand in between in that gap to keep them from going there. Lord, help us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you just, we're not going to have a regular invitation. Would you just play just, a, a, just something there, just real quick? What I want to do is go ahead and have Brother Joel come. But I just want you to think just for a minute what you'd like to take back but you can't. You can't. And ask God to help us.
help you, help me, all of us. We know what we're doing, what we're not doing. Let's be honest with the Lord. Don't try to fix it, make excuses for it, but let God have his way.